guys, welcome to the first episode of the Baker's Table. I am Ujwal and I am Aisha and we are your hosts for today's episode. So Aisha, how have you been? I am good. Actually, still under the lockdown. So just finishing up my classes, assignments, house chores and that's about it. What are you doing nowadays? I've been doing more of the same actually, but I've taken up cooking quite seriously now. And you know what? I'm I've started baking now. that means you are working quite closely with our today's topic that is gluten and gluten free baking i mean you can say so uh, i'm doing a couple of breads so guys who whoever's not heard our pilot episode our podcast the baker's table is all about how new age baking trends are keeping up with traditional baking uh, you know baking techniques primarily from a restaurant commercial point of view uh, here we will be deep diving into topics uh, which are uh, presently really doing good in the market like gluten free baking sugar free baking etc what makes them trends we will have experts on board uh, chefs entrepreneurs who have their own businesses and they're actively involved in developing these products on a day to day basis we'll discuss business as well and we will also discuss how how these can be improved for our, for a home baker starting with today's topic which is the first part of the series that is gluten and gluten free baking aisha can you tell us a little bit of what gluten exactly is so yeah so gluten is basically a protein which is present in most of the grains especially wheat and barley it provides structure to the baked goods so when you look at the cross section of a bread you can see a net like structure there that is where the gluten is working Although it is present in all the products like cakes and puff pastries it is mostly seen and is important in breads because that's where it's worked upon properly and it gives time for the gluten development there Okay so you mean gluten is present in all baked products uh I mean of course the gluten free products would not have them but uh, is there any you know specific amounts of gluten present in different products for example if i take a bread and if i uh, take a cupcake for that matter do they have the same amount of gluten yeah so like i said earlier a bread will definitely have a stronger gluten structure because it has been worked upon and has been fermented where on the other hand a cake mix has just been mixed and baked immediately so it has richer ingredients and did not get time for the gluten development and that's why it does not have as strong gluten development as a bread okay i hope you got me there i got that part uh, so i think we have clearly established that uh, i mean gluten is really important to all baked products so what's all the fuss about going gluten free you know restaurants developing gluten free products for specific crowds and also this trend that more and more people are uh, switching from regular diets to gluten free diets so the gluten free movement actually started when people started experiencing something called gluten intolerance so in this condition what happens is that your body starts to treat gluten as an invader and tries to eliminate it completely in that process it's it ends up harming itself uh, and gives the body some kind of bloating temporary digestive disorders skin rashes and so on and that's why people have to adapt to gluten free diets and that's where the gluten free movement actually started okay so do you mean to say that all these you know side effects and symptoms of gluten have led people to switch their diets or is there anything severe to you know consuming gluten from these i uh, know bread products so 
as like any other ailment gluten intolerance can also take a very bad situation where it can it is called a celiac disease in celiac disease uh, what happens is gluten is like the biggest enemy to your body and the war happens in the gut where our immunity system tries to eliminate gluten and ends up harming in the most worst way possible there are extreme skin rashes anemia and permanent digestive disorders as well it is quite a horrific condition to be in but then eliminating gluten and adapting a healthier lifestyle does the trick for the body okay eliminating gluten from your diet uh, necessary does necessarily mean that you need a healthier lifestyle or is it uh, is it something else so obviously it's very important for people who are gluten intolerant and are experiencing celiac disease but 3/4 of the people who go gluten free actually don't suffer from any of these conditions it has some kind of become a trend and as you rightly said that people believe that it's a healthier way of leading life but that topic is quite debatable i think we can put it aside for another podcast gluten being healthy or not moving on let's discuss about uh, the topic that we are here for which is gluten and gluten free baking primarily from a restaurant commercial perspective as as so many people get affected by it and so many people have so little knowledge and uh, a lot of misinformation about what actually happens also we'll get an idea of how a home baker or somebody who is gluten free and is home can go about his or her you know baking practices So to understand better, we have on board an expert with us. His uh, his name is Chef Nicholas Macado. He's the executive pastry chef for a leading baking company all the way from Melbourne, Australia. He will be sharing his thoughts on gluten-free baking in restaurants and how they go about it, how the product development happens, and also give tips and tricks for all the home bakers who want to know, you know, or they begin their journey on on gluten-free baking. Hi chef thank you so much for joining us uh, our topic for today is gluten baking and gluten free baking so without further delay let's just get to it how did all of this start for you baking in general from the very beginning can you please tell us okay no worries um so i'm a graduate of baksha obviously uh, i'm from the 23rd course and i finished my i finished my course in 2012 when i joined taj lands end in mumbai and i started off the in the bakery department so i was put into the deep end straight straight away and that's where my experience from bread started um i stayed with taj for about 2 years and then decided to pursue another diploma so i went to the kodumbla in sydney and then i've been in australia since 2014 and i'm currently the group executive chef for a new hospitality company that just started That sounds interesting chef. The switch from India to Australia must have been a revelation for you. Moving straight ahead, since you have seen gluten all your life in these bakeries, how do you go about replacing it in your kitchens right now? How do you substitute gluten? Uh well first you start off with what product and what you want to change in the product. Um so stuff like cookies and pastry items they are e- it's easy to substitute the flour component with either a nut flour or just um corn flour or something like that but when it comes to bread and stuff like that 
you need we, me personally i substitute with rice flour but then while you substitute with rice flour you also need to add a product called xanthan gum which is a thickener so that gives the product the final texture um it's also a lot of r&d um you take a product and you test it out with every single alternative that you possibly can till you find a product that works and gets you to a final product that is similar to what you would have got if you used flour that's interesting uh, i just wanted to know that what's your favorite substitute when it comes to making cookies or brownies or any kind of pastry but turning them into gluten free uh well for me it was more so finding a good recipe and then tweaking it so right now i use a chocolate brownie recipe that's both gluten free and nut free Uh, so the trial is the key to success when you are making something from a traditional recipe and going to a gluten-free recipe. Yeah, the good thing is, uh, everyone is facing the same problem. So there's always someone out there who's already done half the research for you, and it's just about using stuff that they've already created and just working upon it. It makes life a bit easier when you know everyone is in the same boat as you. Right. So would you say that there are certain special ingredients or products which a home baker may not have? Um yes and no. Um it's just about uh, substituting with a certain types of flour. So if you don't want to use wheat, you can use stuff like rice flour, uh corn meal, polenta, any any nut meal is also a good substitute. You can use coconut flour. You can use buckwheat even though I say but even though buckwheat has wheat in its name it's completely gluten free uh you can also use oats as well and all those ingredients right now is very available in the market to anyone uh i think the only problem with finding a certain ingredient would be finding xanthan gum but you only really need xanthan gum if you're doing breads at home that are gluten free just to add thickness and texture to it right and and how are these ingredients uh, i mean in terms of taste how how are they to the palate for for example a general palate not not one who is used to these kind of products well obviously when you're substituting a main ingredient like flour in from a product it changes it changes the product drastically so obviously if you're doing a cookie and you replace the flour with a meal made from a nut you're going to get that nuts flavor into your product So it's about like I said you're never going to get the exact same product you're substituting for but you're going to get a similar product that might have its own unique taste in its own right there are a lot of chefs in Australia right now who are doing gluten free eclairs and gluten free choux pastries and stuff like that and it's not 100% the same eclair that you know but it comes close to about a 95% taste oh, well, 95% is pretty good isn't it yes So, uh, keeping taste in mind, uh, do you have any go-to formulas that you follow while turning traditional products into gluten-free products? Um, ratio-wise, depends on the recipe and what I am trying to achieve. It's never the same ratio. Um, obviously, you have to understand that when you replace, say, for example, if you're replacing flour with an almond meal, obviously, if you replace with it with the same ratio of almond meal, um, you're going to get a much drier product. Yeah so again it's all about playing around and then again there's different types of cookie recipes so depending on what you want to use and how you want your final product to be you'll have to adjust the ratio accordingly yeah uh, I mean so the texture and flavor as you say uh, change drastically of these finished products when we use uh, gluten free products and uh, gluten free ingredients in them Yes uh, like you mentioned that 
substituting ingredients have an effect on the texture of the product yes uh, what are the common hurdles that come in your way while formulating uh, gluten free recipes um well for me it's mostly when you when i'm formulating a recipe it's about uh, what i think the end product is going to be and then when you finally reach the end product you realize it's completely wrong as to what you actually wanted and it's just more about adjusting quantities and baking times and baking temperatures and just trust me the trial and error process when creating a recipe is the most painstaking thing like you can have a concept in your head and you know what you wanted to taste like and what you want the texture to be but actually trying to achieve that is really painstaking we actually i can relate to it because we somewhat face the same problem while we are preparing for a food fest okay, no and that happens every semester so we go through that trial and error process every semester so to overcome this trial and error loop yes. what will be your tips for someone who's just starting out their gluten free journey at home doing stuff at home is fine and well and good but then you have to understand that there are some recipes that are catered to home chefs and there are some recipes that are catered for the industry and i think it's just about finding the right recipes for you there are great chefs out there who make great home cookbooks and i think uh, people who are interested in doing stuff like that at home need to focus on those books it's very hard trying to take a restaurant recipe and trying to utilize it at home do you understand yeah that makes sense so uh, now you mentioned that some of the recipes are specially catered for home chefs and some for professionals and uh, making a plated dessert in a professional kitchen requires a lot of elements yeah and you definitely need inspiration for it So I wanted to ask from where do you get your inspiration from and how do you substitute the components to satisfy a diet like a gluten free diet Um honestly my thought concept when I create desserts just pops into my head suppose it's like I just want to do something from my childhood like a peanut butter jelly sandwich so it'll just be trying to create components that match that and then it's just about finding right ingredients that go along with it so what I uh, one of my desserts was I used the peanut butter and created a peanut butter parfait and then the raspberry component was a raspberry sorbet that went along with it and then uh for the bread component i used rice krispies and caramelized it and so that was my dessert concept wow peanut butter and jelly sandwich that would be tasty i would like to have it one day so chef since a lot of people are going gluten free and it's more so because of maybe following the trend or we don't know maybe the actual requirement of the person but for people at home who are going gluten free and beginning to bake at home these products they face many challenges do you have some staples in mind which might help them which they might have uh, and they might keep in their pantry which would help them in help them in making these products uh, could you name some of these staples for us um it would just be simple products like rice flour salt sugar yeast water that's your staple and then the thing is the thickening agent is xanthan gum that i use but you can also substitute that with eggs and butter but then again it's a whole different line if they want a vegan bread that is gluten free that's a tougher road to go down yeah that would surely be difficult uh, so have you ever tried going down the road of making gluten free pasta because what i know is it is made from durum wheat which is higher in gluten than normal flour So have you explored that? Uh well me personally I haven't made a gluten free pasta recipe. We've mostly just uh we've mostly just used uh, store bought ones because even if you so if you come here 
Okay, so look, um, if you're working in an Italian restaurant uh, and if you need to make gluten-free pasta, you have to take into consideration the amount of work it takes and the raw ingredients and the amount of manpower it takes just to make that pasta. Sometimes, in those occasions, it's just easier to just buy a product that is already well-established and something that you already know as opposed to creating something by yourself. So, as you said, uh, making gluten-free pasta in a commercial setup is not feasible because of the cost aspect to it. Does the same apply to gluten-free desserts in general? I'm sure they will also be coming at a premium cost when making commercially. What do you have to say about that? So, definitely gluten-free products are definitely more expensive than normal products. Uh, Even in terms of... any substitute in general is more expensive than the original. So like even if you're talking in terms of milk, your almond milk, your oat milk, soy milk, even to produce stuff like that and to sell them, it's a higher cost. So same with your gluten-free products. Obviously, it determ- it it matters what you're substituting. So if you want something that is cheaper, so rice flour, coconut flour is cheaper. But then if you're substituting with a meal made from nuts, that's going to be more expensive. So it's just a matter of what you have and what you can use. Okay, chef. Now that we have established that creating these products require uh, a lot of trials, a lot of hit and miss to get them right, uh, do you feel the requirement to have uh, dietitians on board who can maybe assist in recipe development or or uh, testing of the fin- final gluten-free products? Do you think so? Or do you have any dietitians on board? Uh, well, I can speak for the chef community over here and the restaurants over here so we don't really have a dietitian in any of the and or any or any category or like, like that but what happens is every single menu in this country at least is catered for dietaries which includes gluten-free nut-free lactose-free uh, especially here in australia you probably have three out of ten people that have an allergy an allergic reaction or they have some kind of condition where they can't eat gluten or they're lactose intolerant. But again, it's more so become a trend rather than actual health cause. So most of like the, or most of the restaurants that I worked at, we would always have a gluten-free bread option on the menu. We'd have a gluten-free vegan nut-free dessert on the menu. And then most of your components that you do for a dish would be made in such a way that a component could be taken out to cater to their dietary needs. All right, all right. And, and this, uh, I mean, speaking for Australia as well, uh, is this trend on an upward spiral as as we speak? Yes, um, over here, yes, for sure. I mean, in I mean in India, it's not so much, but over here, everyone's very. I mean, yeah, we. we uh, I'm sorry. I mean, we we can't really find those products in probably if you. I mean, I'm sure you can find it if you run into a Seven Eleven in Australia. Yeah. But we don't really find those products here. Yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, you need to. Uh, you you your every business here needs to cater. Like like I said. Um, Melbourne, where I am right now, is also a huge, has a huge coffee culture, but every single coffee shop needs to have alternatives to their milk. So like I said, soy, uh, almond milk, stuff like that. It's necessary. It's not even an add-on. Like some businesses, if you don't have stuff like that, no one's ever going to walk into your restaurant. So the the first thing when people walk in, at least with us in this environment or in this stage in life, is we ask people what their dietary requirements are. Because 9 out of 10 times someone has something that they can't eat or would not want to eat. So you have a pretty big uh, allergen population in Australia, which is still increasing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not fun, but yeah, you work around it.
and uh, also i have to ask you personally do you i mean i'm i'm i've come across bakers and in restaurants in general who who do not do not like these customers and do not uh, who keep uh, their indent uh, you know little less compared to what their usual uh, list is so do you enjoy making these products or it's is just something that you have to get used to i think as your customer base evolves you need to evolve as well there's one there's i get it when chefs back up what they're saying and saying that they will never change their ways and only create a certain product and live by that code but then that code only works if your clientele stay the same as well and this and today in today's world everyone is more health conscious so it needs to happen whether people want to resist it or try their best to keep it from happening it's going to happen so restaurants need to take all that into consideration Restaurants have to evolve according to customer needs. Yes. So, trying to keep up with the trends, you must have come across a lot of recipes. So, have you ever stumbled upon a gluten-free recipe which was actually better than its counterpart, and it just clicked? Ah, uh, well, my current, I'm really happy with my current uh, flourless and gluten-free brownie that I use. It's basically just four ingredients. It's literally just mixing whole eggs, sugar, butter, and chocolate. and you get this amazing decadent brownie um i've been u- using the same recipe for quite a number of years and just tweaking it for different venues um as compared to a traditional brownie it's definitely more moist it's definitely less crumbly it's more gooey texturally so yeah and it was gluten free at the same time and it was nostalgic and okay that sounds good all right chef so how how i mean obviously the elephant in the room is covid how has have you changed any diet i mean dietary or consumer consumption patterns in general coming from 2020 how it was people were mostly staying indoors now at least, i mean as, as far as i know australia has opened up so are there are there any changes uh, that you see uh well i think the changes were more so in health and safety aspects than food trends um we did have a harsh lockdown over here but uh australians love to eat so sales didn't drop in terms of restaurants that were providing takeaway services but in terms of trends changing in terms of what people were eating not so much like covid came and covid went but food is still food here and everyone still loves a good steak and potatoes so all right and in terms of uh, so that nothing really changed with your local baker as well then uh no but then every single bakery here does have gluten free options and vegan options and nut free options like i said like you can't have an establishment without options that cater to everyone it doesn't work and and are there any new trends coming up that we might not know here um well a new thing that's happening over here is restaurants that are zero waste everything is grown in house everything everything is recycled reused you grow your own food you recycle all the water you used i will send you a link to a new restaurant that opened in melbourne um and you can have a look at their instagram page and they and they talk about everything in depth to about what sort of piping they use in the restaurants how they balance their heat their electricity costs and they have a small pond where they grow their own fish they have a vegetable patch the the insects that grow in the vegetable patch feed the fish the feed the fish are used in the restaurant they grow their own mushrooms using 
the heat generated from the kitchen and the moisture generated from the bathrooms. It's, I'll send you the link and you'll understand. So that's a new trend that's happening over here. It's more about sustainability and trying to be zero carbon. Well, that's that's interesting. And is there any way you can uh, include this sustainable, you know, trend into into a bakehouse? I mean, since I mean, you get your flour from somewhere and you don't really know where it's coming from, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So a new thing, another thing that started here is using locally sourced ingredients, which is basically saying if my establishment is here, I will not go more than a five kilometer radius to find products. Would that include your flour as well? So most of the most yeah most of the yeah most of the wineries and. Uh, restaurants that are far off they use that so it's also one way helping local local communities out and then the other way it's keeping your cost down so in terms of bakeries you would get a local farmer to be providing you with all your wheat and all and then you'd be milling it in-house none of the i mean that that means essentially means we're not using none of the processed stuff yeah i mean if you have the option of milling your own flour and you can see the process from start to finish and keep your cost down why not would you like to add something i mean from what you understood that we are researching about which is how how trends are changing how traditional ingredients are getting replaced how it's uh, how it's just changing quite drastically in the last couple of years and it's set to change a lot more in the coming times yeah well see i think from when i started so when i joined hospitality the whole trend was about molecular gastronomy and taking products and manipulating them and giving you a different shape and form and then we saw modern cooking where everything was just small and fancily plated and i think the entire trend is just changing completely and everything is just going back to fresh products and using fresh ingredients and letting the ingredients speak for themselves uh if you have a look at denmark some of the best michelin star restaurants in the world are coming from denmark and if you look at their products and the food that they're offering it's all about fresh produce seasonal produce and even all the meats and the caviar and everything that they use it's cultivated is cultivated and cultured by them so i think that's where the trend is going everyone wants to be sustainable and everyone wants to be using ultra regional produce i think products that aren't damaging the environment here that's where we are heading then that's, that's a full circle i think post industrialization <laughs> yes so to end our session do you have any advice to give our listeners who may be turning gluten free or for dietary reasons have to switch to a gluten free diet what advice or tips would you want to give them um i think it's just about trial and error like it's not something that everyone is going to have an easy time dealing with or even an easy time starting with it's something that like even for me it took a while to grasp the concept that my world around me was changing and that my customer base was changing and their demands were changing and it's also being open to the idea that you need to be changing along with your customer base and like i like i said most chefs are stubborn and they don't want to be changing stuff but i guess to survive in the current market you need to and i think it's just about being patient enough and seeing it through all right chef thank you so much for taking out time and speaking with us and hope you're doing well as well and, and since covid is still there let's all be careful and stay indoors you guys too take care thank you so much chef